Hello, I'm Dr. Eileen Hale, the COO of TTELT, a project of educators worldwide. And I have a special guest with us today from California. We have Michaela Anderson, who's going to talk to us about creating a love for reading. I'll let her share how she's gonna do that, but a quick introduction. Um, Michaela is a, currently a senior research associate for education surveys. She has had extensive experience with comic books, participating in over 20 years of comic book conventions, which she will share more about with you. As well, she was an English language fellow in Niger and Cote d'Ivoire, and has been teaching English as a second or foreign language for over 10 years. So welcome, Michaela. We're so happy to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you. So tell us and our listeners how you have gotten onto this topic of creating a love for reading. What even brought you into that topic to begin with? Thank you so much for asking this because this is how I got into comics and, and reading is actually a, a really big motivator for me as a teacher and how I engage with my students. So I come from a family of readers, um, but I was not blessed with that natural inclination. So everyone around me is always reading. And uh, especially when I was a child, I didn't have that, that natural desire um, until I found some, some comics and I just found them really entertaining. And I felt like they spoke to me more than some of the stories that I had been reading in conventional books. And so I got more and more into them. And all of a sudden I just became this huge reader uh, without even recognizing that I was actually a reader. So uh, comic books were sort of the gateway that I used into uh, my own love for reading. And I use that when I am with students who are either low level or maybe suffer from the same things that I did when I was younger, that they just don't have that instilled in them or just not might not be a natural flow for them. Uh, introducing them to reading through uh, what I call non-traditional texts like comics and graphic novels. Right, um, I totally agree with you. And wondering, so how can you give us the conceptual framework for integrating like a comic strip into your classroom and how, I mean, given that teachers have their given text so they have to use, you just bring it in like as, a, as an icebreaker every day and where do you find your comic strips? Like, how do you go about the process of bringing them into class and using them as a reading tool with your students? Of course. So for me, uh, whenever I have a lesson, uh, I always try and make sure that I'm covering all the standards with it. Now, I have been very fortunate that I have had a very supportive administration that have allowed me to go in and ultimately uh, convince them why uh, comic books and graphic novels and these types of resources are really good and not only are good for our students, but fit into the lesson plan and the standardization that may exist uh, within the institution's framework. So that's that's sort of my, my first thing is that when I look for these types of resources to use, I make sure that they are directly linked to uh, whatever student learning outcomes uh, I may have for the course or the lessons that I have for that particular unit, something along those lines. Um, and that it's something that I feel that I can successfully pitch to uh, the powers that be, whoever they may uh, 
in order to make sure that everyone is on board and everyone has that buy-in. So that's the first thing that I do. Um, and then the second thing I do after I've gotten approval is I make sure that whatever I'm choosing is appropriate for the level and for the age that I'm teaching. Now, my experience has been primarily with adults and university students, either in a college or professional atmosphere. But when I have taught, you know, high school, middle school, and even elementary school students, um, you have to make sure that the content is appropriate. You have to make sure that the language is, is good, not just with the level, but also um, the ideas that are being expressed. So that's the second thing that I would say that I always go through on that little checklist. And then after that, I have sort of a, a guideline of, of what I'm looking for. And now I know sort of where to go and some resources that I can look for once I know what my criteria is. And then I just go there or I ask some of my friends uh, in the comic book and comic world community that uh, might know some information or might have some niche resources that are new or something that I have not been uh, made aware of yet. Uh, if I'm not able to find something that really suits my needs, I usually reach out to my community. Great. No, I love your ideas. And those are really uh, valuable tips for our teachers. What are, can you mention a couple of resources? I mean, and I'm thinking of teachers in other countries around the world, and you have been an educator globally as well. Where's like the first resource you would suggest teachers go to to find the best comic strips? Yeah, so there's there's a couple different resources that you can find, and it's it's always a little tricky um, because you want to make sure that you're respecting copyright um, laws when you do this. Uh, so making sure that everything it doesn't you know doesn't have any uh, copyright limitations on it, um, and if you are uh, familiar with American English, they actually have, I believe at this point, uh, three comic books <laughs> uh, that are available on their website, free to download. Uh, and those, those are great because they're actually meant as educational resources. So they have activities, they have all of these things and they're geared specifically towards English language learners. Um, but if that's something that you already have and you've already uh, used or investigated, then I would just use your favorite search engine and just go in and, and say, you know, like daily comics. Um, and then you'll see the ones that are, you know, royalty free that you can go in and use. And most of those are pretty short. They're called comic strips instead of comic books because they're just, they're short. Um, and those are, those are a good place to start in my opinion. Once you get exposed to some of those, uh, then you'll find ones that you really like that, you know, then also have comic books that are associated with them. And there's a lot of uh, resources online right now. This is a, a big topic. So a lot of uh, older comics, uh, they are releasing all of their editions uh, online for free for educational use. Um, and there are even some people that are creating comics uh, that are specifically made for um, distribution that take into account learners. They're not necessarily made specifically for learners, but they're taken, they're, their education component is taken into account. Um, and the one that I'm thinking of for that is um, the Burka Avenger series, uh, which is a comic book that's available online. And there's also a, um, 
a teacher's book as a supplement and a student book that goes along with it, along with like videos and all of those things too. So um, yeah, uh, just go onto your search engine of choice and type in, you know, comic books or, you know, interesting comic books or comic books for kids or teens or adults or whatever way you want to search. And I guarantee you're going to find some good stuff. Okay, great. And we will put in our show notes, uh, the links for American English comic books and the other one you mentioned, Brooks, how do you, how did you spell that one? The one I'm not even familiar with that oh, one. Burka Avenger. How do you spell that? Uh, B-U-R-K-A. Okay. A-V-E-N-G-E-R. Yeah. Okay. Burka Adventure. Great. Something new. We all learn every day. <laughs> That's great. And so let's jump into, if you don't mind, the other topic you wanted to talk about within this concept of reading and creating this love for reading, graphic novels. Can you tell us, for our listeners globally, I think this is a relatively new topic for some teachers. Can you define what do you mean by graphic novels and then share how you got involved in this as a reading technique? Absolutely. So as I mentioned before, uh, comic strips are short, right? They're the each one, those little boxes, um, they're called panels. Um, and usually a comic strip has between four and six panels. So those are usually aimed at beginner students and above. So anybody who is even at uh, an elementary level can engage with them because there's not a lot of content to have to absorb, right? And, but then again, there are certain ones that are made for more uh, advanced learners or more advanced speakers. So um, that's why I say they're for, uh, inter I'm sorry, for um, beginner students and above, uh, because you'll find a wide variety there. When it comes to comic books, those are really more for uh, intermediate students, I would say like low intermediate students and above, uh, because you, you just have a little bit more meat to get through in the book. There's, uh, it requires a little bit more of a foundation, um, but it's a really great resource if you're just trying to bring uh, students into the idea of reading in a foreign language. Uh, sometimes it can be really overwhelming. And uh, I know that whenever I've tried to read books in other languages, even small ones are a pretty, pretty big feat. So um, this is sort of like an intermediate step that I have found that regardless of what kind of students you have, because they're able to go through it a lot faster, it builds their confidence and then they want to read another one and then another one. And then all of a sudden here, they have all this confidence, all this vocabulary, and, you know, they're using grammatical structures. So, uh, and then maybe one day they'll tackle, you know, a, a book that it was, you know, not a graphic, you know, not with any graphics in it. Um, but a graphic novel is a little different. A graphic novel is an actual book. Um, it's sometimes even longer than a traditional novel would be because it has so many uh, pictures and drawings that are associated with it. So for these types of resources, I recommend that they are for advanced students exclusively because of their length. And many times, some of the books that we even know and would be familiar with have been turned into graphic novels. So some of the, the American classics that 
many of us have learned uh, in our literature classes and have gone over and, and maybe even read ourselves have actually been converted into graphic novel form. So it's, it's a fun thing to do. You just have to have that uh, very, very strong foundation and time and commitment to be able to dedicate to it. So I've even used them in uh, book clubs and in English clubs, we've, you know, we've sort of gone chapter by chapter through them, but each and every time I have made sure that all of the students were of the level that they could accomplish such a goal. That's great. Can you just explain a little bit more of the graphic part of the novel? Like, how do you integrate that into the reading and what does that look like in actuality? <laughs> sure. So the, the graphics that are part of it are, like they're kind of like comic books um, in the fact that whatever is being expressed in the pictures is there to support what's going on in the text. Um, and sometimes you'll find a graphic novel that has very large pictures um, or multiple uh, panels within there to show what's going on or to supplement it in some way. Um, but it's, it's always as sort of an assist to give you, uh, as you would with any sort of picture um, in any kind of book, but there's just more of them. Uh, and the other kind of graphic novel uh, is actually a compilation of comic books. So when you have a comic book that has a series, um, for example, Riverdale. Uh, the Riverdale series, some people might be familiar with the TV show. Um, the Riverdale comics have been made into books where they actually create almost like volumes. So you could, in theory, choose one story out of it and consider it a comic book, or when it's read as a, a complete set, it's more like a novel because it tells a story with an overarching theme that you're going to see uh, present in each one of the chapters, um, or if you're looking at it from a, a comic book standpoint, each one of the, the volumes. So how do you get your students engaged more, have this love for reading with graphic novels? Like what is the hook? Is it the graphics themselves or the, I mean, how, what's the connection that teachers, you could help teachers make for their students to really engage at a deeper level of reading? Sure. One of the things that I do with my students the first time I introduce the idea of a graphic novel is I show them how many pictures there actually are. <laughs> because many times when they, they get them, they're very thick and they seem very intimidating. And I know that if I were in the shoes of my students, I would also feel intimidated if my teacher just gave me this book and said, guess what guys are going to read it. Um, so the first thing I do is I break it down and I, and I have them go through and I say, we're not gonna read anything. We're just gonna look at the pictures, right? And we're gonna start getting ideas. We're gonna start uh, making some guesses, some educated guesses about what the, what the book could be about or what the themes are, what the main characters are. And so I get them engaging just with the, just with the, the visual elements first mm. without going too crazy. Um, you know, especially if, if it's a, if it's something where there's a, a very important twist, you know, I don't let them get to that part of the book uh, just at, you know, at the very beginning. So normally I'll say, you know, the first couple of chapters go up to, you know, page, let's just say 50 and look at all the pictures and let's, let's talk about what we were able to extrapolate out of, out of just the pictures. Um, and then once they feel a little bit more at ease with it, then I will, 
usually if I have time, I will usually uh, have us do a bit of reading together. Um, usually the first couple of pages, um, depending on how many people are in the class. And then uh, I will give them the rest of the chapter to finish on their own. So it's sort of like, I'm taking them by the hand and I'm showing them that they can do this, that it's possible to do it. And the last thing that I want my students to do is take this book home and then go like, oh my gosh, I still feel really intimidated by it. Um, so in getting them to work with it, sometimes even just physically having them open up the book, flip through the pages, you know, read a little bit, it, it does boost their confidence a lot. So that's, that's something that I strongly recommend that anybody who's going to be using a graphic novel does uh, because as the moment you'll see they're, they're pretty big books, um, it just eliminates the intimidation factor, which uh, in my opinion and experience is the major factor that, that students need to overcome in order to really enjoy and get the most out of it. Great, and just for the sake of time, we're gonna to need to wrap up, but can, do you have any resources for graphic novels that you might suggest if they're not readily available at schools and around the world? Are there online graphic novels that teachers can access? Absolutely. So just like with comic books and comic strips, if you just go and pop you know, into a search engine and say, you know, gra good graphic novels, for, you know, and then you put whatever the demographic is or the theme that you're focusing on for your lesson, um, then some will pop up. And uh, if it's already online and if it's already available, then that's actually a really good thing because then your students don't have to go out and buy it, right? If it's, if it's a royalty-free thing, then they can access it on their phone, they can access it on a tablet or any other kind of device, which makes it uh, a lot easier for students to enjoy because they can do it just about anywhere. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for these wonderful tips that uh, Michaela has shared with us, comic strips, comic books, and graphic novels. And we really appreciate your time and sharing these ideas with our listeners today. In summary, Michaela shared with us some great techniques and tips for creating that love for reading with your students. First, she mentioned comic strips, which are really great for all ages and all levels of English language learners because they're short and sweet, usually with up to six panels. She's provided some resources for those as well as comic books for our intermediate level learners. Um, she also provided, provided some amazing links that you can find in our show notes, both for American English comic books that are already created with activities for our teachers and Burka Avenger series. So again, look for our links on our website and our show notes as well. Finally, she talked about graphic novels and how to engage your more advanced students in reading with bringing them into the pictures first, the graphics and eliciting from your students what they imagine the book is gonna be about and the characters, who the characters are. So doing a lot of kind of pre-teaching and setting the stage for engaging them in the reading before they even delve into the reading. So thank you so much, Michaela, for sharing these wonderful tips with us today, more than tips, but uh, great resources. And we look forward to having you join us in the future. And we really appreciate your time at the end of a long day, sharing these wonderful resources with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And I, I love to share my love for comics. 
So I hope that the the listeners are really uh, motivated to go and find some comics of their own that they can love and, and share with their students too. Wonderful. And if our listeners want to find you, is there a website and or email that you could share for anybody who wants to yeah. follow up? Absolutely. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, my name is Michaela Anderson, uh, just like it is uh, in the show notes here. And you can connect with me there. I'd be very happy to follow the conversation up with uh, any questions that you might have. And follow us on our website, ttelt.org for prior and new upcoming podcasts, our Facebook, TTELT group, Instagram at t.ttelt and twitter at ttelt1 thanks for joining us today mm-hmm.